Impact 89 FM's own NFL podcast. Hosted by Michael Markosh, this is The Pylon. Well, well, well. Look at us, right back here on The Pylon. This is the post-Super Bowl episode we have not been on the mic in about two weeks for obvious reasons, of course, with the events of the last week up here in our Michigan State community that we're you know, still trying to recover from to some regard. But it's really good to be back in studio with you all talking about the NFL. I'm, of course, your host, Michael Markach, my co-host, Jada Coster, and Mini Patel. It's just going to be the three of us today. But it's, I don't know about you guys, but at least with all the stuff that we've been through here in about the last two weeks, it feels good to just be back in here, get to talk about some football. We get to recap that Super Bowl that we saw two weeks ago that we have not been able to do yet. We're going to talk about the rest of the coaching hires and take a look ahead to some free agency talk. There's been some news in the NFL this week, especially around certain quarterbacks, maybe where they're going to be playing next year. But overall, it's just really good to be back in here. We we obviously had to take last week off, but uh, it's just nice to be it here. It really is. And, you know... Um with with all the events going on, um, you know it's it's still, it's been a little tough to recover from, but you know we're we're getting better each day, and um, yeah, I mean condolences to, obviously to the families that you know mm-hmm. lost loved ones, and um, yeah, I mean sports sports is second nature to you know to to, to what's going on right now, um, and sports is a distraction, and and we're here to give it to you guys, so I mean yeah, let's talk some NFL. Yeah, I mean what happened last week sucks. There's really no other way to put it. Yeah. Um, and we're all recovering in our own way, taking our own time to do our own things. And it's going to be different for every person. And mm-hmm. that's just how it's going to be for a while, really. And, um, yeah, like Jay said, sports is really just a couple of hours where you can take your mind off of everything. And that's what it's been. That game a couple of days ago mm-hmm. that oh, we had yeah. at home Un- against unreal. Indiana. Mm-hmm. Unreal. I've never heard the Breslin like that before. That was amazing. And... Yeah, just more of that. Yeah, it, I had the pleasure of calling that game, of course, with our sports director, Brendan Shabath. Um, absolutely incredible. I was also at the game in Ann Arbor. Uh, two games that I will never forget and two environments I will never forget for the rest of my life. Uh, that was really cool to see just the unity in Ann Arbor and then back at the Breslin Center for those two games. But you guys are right. Let's talk about some NFL, obviously, because that's another thing that at least does it for me. Uh, I love this league so much, and uh, it's really fun to be back on the mic. And let's just get right into it. Let's go back about two weeks ago, February 12th, for what was a thriller. Uh, The Super Bowl, the Chiefs beat the Eagles 38-35 in what was one of the best Super Bowls we've seen probably in a long time. I would argue it's probably the best one we've seen since the last one in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the Malcolm Butler interception uh, of Russell Wilson, the Patriots win the Super Bowl. But Chiefs win it, second Super Bowl win in the last four years. They're just the train that keeps on rolling. I mean, everyone said before the season is this year that the Chiefs get caught. I know I I said on this show I said they're king until someone knocks them off, and this year no one did. Yeah, I mean it's it's Patrick Mahomes' world, and we're all living in it, <laughs> it and is. that's why I picked the Chiefs. It's just that guy is something else. He he is just a different animal, and he showed it once again. Um, and you saw him get hurt. I think can't really remember. He 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 banged up his uh, his um his leg again, and he was he was limping. And then I think, um, you know, I'm sure they injected him with painkillers. But he, it, when you when you saw him take off, and he had like a 30 yard run. It's like 
this dude is Superman. I mean, this this dude is just different. Um, but yeah, one of the best Super Bowls um, I've seen. Um, Twenty eight to three was really good. Obviously, the Malcolm mm-hmm. Butler game was really good, but this one is this one was up there. And it, and it kind of sucked that I, the, this is not the reason why the Eagles lost, but it kind of sucked that uh, the refs kind of it had comes to, down to a call at the end, and, and it, yeah. that that was kind of a sour ending. But overall, really good game. Uh, two team, two of the best teams in the league, uh, two one seeds, and. They put on a show for us. It was it was a great game. So, yep. Yeah, I mean that was a beautiful game. That was really all we could have hoped for. Um, at the end of the day, I think we were all going in hoping it would be a close game. We didn't really know whether or not the Chiefs would pull away or the Eagles would pull away, really. And, and um, nobody did. Neither, neither team did. The most I think was fourteen for I, it Philly. It was ten for Philly at okay. halftime. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, super competitive game throughout. I mean. Really, just all you could have asked for in a football game, especially the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, and I think just when you look at the quarterback play in this game, I think just both sides. Obviously, we saw the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, 21 of 27, 182 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers, a rating of 131.8, which is extremely good, uh, especially on a bum ankle that he re-aggravates in the first half of the game, and he's in obvious pain going to the locker room at halftime. I don't know what they did to him at halftime and what they put in his body, but nonetheless, he came back out and put on a heroic performance. The Chiefs score every single possession in that second half. Um, And I think Mahomes kind of cemented himself as like, yes, I'm the best quarterback in the NFL. But I also want to talk about the other side, Jalen Hurts, who took a leap, I think. It's the best leap I've seen from a quarterback in just one game. You saw him go from what most people would consider maybe a, t- a fringe top 10 guy to I think a like a surefire top five guy in this mm-hmm. league I mean Jalen Hurts was sensational uh he obviously made the one mistake with the fumble that was the scoop and score for the Chiefs that got him back into the game but 27 of 38 304 yards a touchdown a rating of 103.4 plus 15 carries for 70 yards and three touchdowns on the ground I mean he was he was spectacular he was the best player in this game uh it's just Came up short. The defense let him down a little bit, but yeah, I mean, he was. If if there was a, if there was an award for just regular Super Bowl MVP, and not for the winner, I mean, Jalen Hurts would be the one. I mean, he was the best quarterback on the field that game. Um, he looked sensational. Um, and obviously the fumble was a killer. I mean, you can't that just can't happen. But overall, I mean, he was. I mean, he he played his best game of his career at on the biggest stage. And yeah, I mean, like you said, Michael, if it wasn't for that. The Eagles defense, I think the Eagles would have won that game. Um, the, you know, the Eagles defense let him down in big spots um, and in crucial spots. And, you know, Jalen Hurts is just a guy that's going to keep ascending in this league, and he's, 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 he's in that range of – he can be in that range of top five quarterbacks in, I think, these next couple years. Now. He's up for extension this mm-hmm. offseason, and the Eagles are probably going to get something done. He is probably going to be right up there among, you would have to think, Watson and Mahomes and Allen, what they're getting paid right now. I mean, you could see him getting $50 million a year. I don't necessarily would say that's an overpay either. Minnie, I know you've been high, and we say it on the show all the time, you've been high on Jalen Hurts all year. But, again, that was a that was a performance for the ages. Yeah, that was that was what he needed to do. Again, it's this season began as a question of Jalen Hurts for the Eagles, whether or not he'd be the quarterback of the future because they still do have two first-round picks going into next season. Believe it or not. They do. And 
now they don't have to use it at quarterback and they've got guys who are leaving they're gonna reload and be right back in the same spot Jalen Hurts did all he needed to do to prove that he was the guy that he is the guy in Philly and that he is honestly a top five quarterback in the league top six ish you could uh, like mm-hmm. really five along whatever those lines. you can decide yeah because nobody nobody is running like him Mm-mm. besides Lamar well Lamar can't stay healthy but Lam- <laughs> Lamar's not running as consistent as him so at the end of the day it doesn't really matter um but like just the way that Philly has used this offense to plan around him and to really play to his strengths is beautiful and they executed it really well in the Super Bowl until they decided to play a little bit abnormal and then they lost the game but I mean at the end of the day he did all you can ask for four touchdowns 400 plus total yards just short 374 so again against the best quarterback in the league that's all you can ask for from your own quarterback. Yeah, and I totally, I mean, I agree with everything that you just said. And he was, the Eagles didn't lose that game at all because of Jalen Hurts. In fact, they wouldn't even been in that game without Jalen Hurts. They couldn't run the ball very well um, at all, like unless it was Jalen Hurts. And he just, I, I just think through the air, he was just so impressive. He was making a lot of big time throws in big situations and... It was that throw, what was it, third and 16, uh, right before halftime, and he gets that throw off to Goddard, and it allows them to kick that field goal to go up by 10 at halftime. Like, that was a big-time throw that we haven't, on a bad shoulder, that we haven't normally seen him have to make this season, obviously, because we talked about it going into the game. Philadelphia really had never, there weren't many games this season that were close that they won. Obviously, that held up to be true once again, but he was just everything that they needed him to be and more it just the guy on the other side was just a little bit better in certain moments and that's that's why that team won yeah definitely um and you know like i said he's he's going to be a top 5 quarterback in this league i think for a long time i mean when you perform at the big on the biggest stage at that level i mean that 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 was really impressive and um yeah I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was really impressive. So yeah, well, we will see. Obviously, the the new league year starting here in about a week. Um, that will be the window that will open for Jalen Hurts to get paid early here. Obviously, being on that team, the Eagles can give him more than any other team. So we'll see what they do with him. I'm sure they're going to try to get that deal done. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how much he's going to get here. Because it's going to tell a lot of just of how the Eagles view him in terms of the other quarterbacks in the league. If you view him like a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen type of guy, he's got to get that type of money as well. So we'll see how that all goes. But I want to get into just more of the nitty-gritty about this game, especially at halftime. Um, back to the Chiefs for a little bit. But obviously we talked about seeing Mahomes injured right before the half in obvious pain going into the locker room. They didn't get stopped in that second half on any possession when they had the football. The adjustments that Andy Reid made in this game, and also Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, who did an absolutely incredible job in that second half. Um, I I don't think they're getting talked about enough with just the way that Andy Reid changed the offense to allow Patrick Mahomes to be kind of normal. Obviously, he knew that Mahomes wasn't going to be superhuman like he was, but you saw a very pocket passer-esque quarterback in Patrick Mahomes in that second half, just letting him be that distributor, 
and it worked, obviously. I mean, the Eagles, there wasn't a single time in that second half you felt like the Eagles were getting a stop, and they didn't once. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean Andy Reid is, I mean, he's going to go, do you think he's going to go down as, he's top, I think he's going to go down as one of the top five coaches of all time, do you think? Now with two Super Bowls. With two Super Bowls. I mean, him and Spags, I mean, the way they've, They've been able to adjust at halftime. I mean, I think that's why they're the best at what they do. Um, Spags is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Oh, yeah. Um, he was able to make um, to stop the Eagles' running game, um, which was which I thought was very impressive in the second half. Um, and overall, I mean, you weren't going to stop Jalen Hurts. That, that, that was pretty tough. But overall, um, the, the way Andy Reid, I just, I just think the way he makes adjustments is the second to none. I mean, and that's why he's one of the best. Um I mean, he's there. They got two Super Bowls right now. I mean, I could see another two for. I could see another two for him. I They're going to be right back here next year. Maybe not right. necessarily in the Super Bowl with how good the AFC mm-hmm. is, and it's only getting better. Um, you got Burrow. You got Josh Allen. I mean, you're you're going to have Lamar could come back, and the Ravens yeah. are still a powerhouse. You got Justin Herbert in your yep. division. Russell Wilson's got Sean Payton now. Like the AFC is an absolute gauntlet. Um, it's not going anywhere. The Chiefs are still going to have to play at a high level. But the other thing that just stands out for just the, the game as a whole, the Eagles didn't sack Patrick Mahomes one time. And we talk about this vaunted Eagles pass rush. Honestly, they never got close. I mean, Mahomes had all day back there. The way the offensive line yeah. played in that game, credit to Andy Reid, credit to the offensive line coach, just credit to the players in general. But, I mean, Mahomes wasn't touched. The only time he injured he injured that ankle when he was out of the pocket anyway yeah, so, and you got to give credit to Brett Veach, too, because you know mm, two years yeah. ago, this is a guy that was running for his life against Tampa Bay. I mean, he had no time to, no time to throw. For he his was life. He was throwing on. Uh, he was throwing like he was flying. You remember that? You remember that play when Mahomes, yeah, parallel to the ground. And he almost <laughs> <went> touchdown. <laughs> he on three it. times too. Yeah, and and now Brett Veach goes. He he went out and got uh, Orlando Brown, uh, Creed Humphrey, Joe and Tooney. Just, yeah, Joe Tooney. I mean, that's just a credit to him and. The type of a general manager he is. I mean, he's one of the best in the league, and now they have a, a, a top three O line in the league. And you know, like with that, like you said, with that vaunted Eagles pass rush, and they didn't sack Mahomes one time. That's that's insane to me. So, yeah, I mean, like I said two weeks ago, the game was going to be won in the trenches, and the Chiefs surprisingly the, the Chiefs, Chiefs dominated. Put it. the Eagles in the dirt in the trenches. There's no other way. To put it than that, they put him in the dirt, and that's what you want to do in trench play. And at the end of the day, it won them the game. Simply put, Patrick Mahomes, you cannot give him that much time. With that stacked of a D-line, Jordan Davis was playing, Hassan Reddick was in there, they had everybody, and they could not touch him. They, they, he, I don't remember like could much breathe, situations where and even, you could yeah. see it because it wouldn't hit the players. There was so much space. Like, it was ridiculous. Mahomes can never have that much time. Tampa Bay laid out a blueprint for how to get him, and Philly didn't use any of it, Yeah, unfortunately. And Arizona hired another bad coach. Oh, boy. Well, we'll, we'll get into that here in just a <laughs> minute. But um, I do want to get into Nick Sirianni here just a second because I do think this game was won or lost with coaching at the end of the day. And Sirianni's decision-making in that second half was confusing to me, to say the least. There's two moments that come to mind for the Eagles that I believe they truly lost this game. The first one was when, what was it, fourth and four inside the Kansas City 30, 
something like that. I, I can't. The game was two weeks ago now, but they kicked the field goal to go up 27-21 after the Chiefs had gone right down the field on the opening drive to get it back within three. The Eagles, who had been going for it on fourth down all night long, decide to kick it to go up by six. The Chiefs then score within like six plays, take the lead, and it just felt like they got a little conservative there. And then after the Chiefs, or very next possession for the Eagles, they come back out, right? And so they don't. They have a third and two on their own side of the field. And this play call, I still cannot believe <laughs> the Eagles threw the ball. They drop back Jalen Hurts in the shotgun, and they try to roll him out to the left and throw it on third and two from their own like thirty-five. Again, I don't know the exact yard line. And Jalen Hurts ends up having to throw it away. The Chiefs get a pass rush. They get to Hurts. He just has to throw it away, and then they have to punt it. And that very next punt was the Kadarius Tony punt return yeah. that allowed the Chiefs then to take the lead, which almost, took it to the almost won the game. Like probably they don't win that game without that Kadarius Tony punt return. So like it's situations like that, obviously settling for three to only go up by six instead of staying aggressive and going forward on that fourth and four, which again, fourth and four is a, it's a tricky, you know, one to decide on. And again, I have no issue with the Eagles punting it there on fourth and two on their own side of the field, especially with how hot Kansas City's offense was. But the fact that you dropped back, your offense had been dominant in the run game. All At third and two, all you had to do was line up in a QB sneak and you were going to get four push, yards. Push. Um, <laughs> instead, you drop Hurts back and you throw it. I, I couldn't believe the decision. And I just felt that Nick, Nick Sirianni got conservative at the worst part of this game. And Andy Reid sensed that, and he absolutely pounced on it. No, I agree. Um, there were a lot of questionable decisions he made, like, like you said. Um, like, you know, going back in the third and two, I mean, you have the most, over, like you said, this overpowered play that nobody could stop, and they didn't do that. I mean, the, the, they, they were running they out get, on fourth and two. Yeah, they usually <laughs> do. They get like two to three yards on that QB sneak every time. And I just, I don't, I don't understand why you pass in that situation. That's kind of confusing. Um, and I think it's serving us and just stick, just getting away from their script. I think that ultimately lost them the game. I mean, they doing what they do best, and they just decided to get away from that, which I think ultimately kind of costed them the game. Um, and that and that's you know, co- coaches, that's going to happen at times. But unfortunately for Sirianni, it kind of happened at the worst possible time where you got a little too conservative, and you you know, like you said, you decide to kick it. In the um, in Chiefs territory, when you know you 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 had opportunities to go for it, and you you, you probably would have converted it because you know the Chiefs defense wasn't really stopping you. I mean, they didn't. They weren't, they weren't really stopping Jalen Hurts. Yeah, and I just didn't really understand that. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really weird seeing him go against what he's been going with all year, and we've that seen, whole game. Yeah, we've seen it. Oh, who else did that this playoff? Someone else. Punted very regularly. Mike McCarthy, potentially, <laughs> or it might have been Staley. <laughs> it was Staley in the against season. Well, I think he did it against the Jags too. He punted yeah, on like the Jacksonville yeah, forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he punted yeah. instead of kicking a field goal oh. on the thirty yard line. This is that the same probably would have sealed the what game. What are you doing? What are you doing? You are the most one of the most aggressive coaches in football, and in a chess versus chess match, you decided to play checkers. Yeah. The, simply put, and he settled he for three checkers. Yeah, the the touchdown look, the last two touchdowns that Kansas City got, 
they ran the same look Sam the Clay, other way. Went, no, and did you hear they about They ran it the other way. No, they said on the one that, they, that Sky Moore caught when they took the lead, the, they ran the play to the wrong side. It was supposed to go the same direction as yeah. the first one did. And Sky Moore went the, the wrong way, mm-hmm. and because he went the wrong way, he was wide open. Yep. <laughs> it just worked. And it worked. <laughs> but they ran the same play the other way, and they scored. Seriously? That's some Madden bullshit, honestly, if you think about it. Like, did you just reverse the play and was like, yeah, touchdown again? That's It's sad. By the to way, see do that. you guys know what that play was called? You guys see the video? It was, I don't know. It was called it was. Corn Dog. Yes, I did see that. <laughs> they had an interview. Uh, Peter King did an interview with Andy Reid, and he was asking him what the, the winning play was called. He said, it's called Corn Dog. And then Peter King looked at him. He's like, you're not serious. He's like, no, it was no, called it was Corn Dog. And he said, so did you actually tell Patrick Mahomes to like go into the huddle and say, he's like, he said Corn Dog. He went into the huddle. He called Corn Dog, and they knew what the play was. I Andy Reid is a national treasure, um, and everyone needs to make sure that we protect him. But that was – to have a play like that – and then again, as you said, they ran the same play twice. It, it and was based off the same look with the Tony uh-huh. motion. Like, they moved Tony in motion mm-hmm. both times, and the Eagles would shift one of their D-backs uh-huh. to match Tony, and it would leave that other guy open. And they just flipped it to whoever the receiver was and gone. Yeah, and then they, the one time they literally, like, Mahomes even admitted he's like, the play was run to the wrong side. But because it was run, it was run, it was executed so perfectly. Skymore ended up wide open, and literally, no one, like no one, was anywhere near him. But it was just hilarious to me that, like, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, Skymore ran the wrong route. Like he wasn't supposed to be there, but he was, and I'm like, all right, I'll throw it to him. I mean, on that play, and I, I might have had a, a wager on that on uh, Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown on that play. <laughs> I was like, just Travis Kelsey's right there, just just throw it just to throw him it because him. they're going to target him. Um, and of course, Skymore's just wide open. Um, it's just it, Andy Reid's play calling and just his his ability to be so creative is just that's why he is one of the best. I mean, it, it's it was incredible to watch. So yeah, I, I'm looking this up right now to try to clarify what it was. It okay, it doesn't look like Sky Moore ran the wrong route. I, I should apologize for misspeaking that, but the Chiefs lined up in the wrong formation out of the huddle. Um, this it was not the play they were supposed to run. And basically, what Mahomes said. Um, Matt Nagy was basically telling him in the headset, like, you're in the wrong formation, and Mahomes just ran the play anyway. Uh, Mahomes goes, that's why I went motion to the right. I went to motion this dude on the other side. That was Tony pointing that way. And then he said, I don't know. The play was wrong. The clock was running down. I just looked, uh-oh, I'll just run it anyway. I called it right, and ended up the, it ended up like confusing the Eagles so much that it worked. Um, I've never heard of anything like that. But um, nonetheless, like back-to-back plays like that, for the Chiefs, and like I said, that Kadarius Tony punt return, it's not going to get talked about nearly enough because he didn't end up taking it to the end zone, but just that entire sequence of the Eagles throwing the ball, punting it for, I believe, the first time all game, maybe second time, all game, and then Kadarius Tony running it back like that, that was the game right there. Like That's when you felt like the Chiefs are going to win this football game, and then they ended up doing it, but... Now I want to talk about the end of the game because we have to talk about it. Um, I know that we all have our own opinions about it, but the holding call on James Bradbury, obviously that basically iced the game because it allowed the Chiefs to run the clock out before kicking the game-winning field goal. Um, I thought it was the right call. Um, It was a little ticky-tacky, but that is not the reason why the Eagles lost the game. Not at all. And I'm the kind of person who I hate it when people say, and I've been this guy before. Um, and I admit that I'm wrong when I do it. Um, but people say, 
it's the right call, but you cannot make that there. Like, what does that even mean? You're just saying because it's the you final two minutes the of the Super Bowl. Of the game. You're saying because it's the final two minutes of a Super Bowl, like we're just going to have the purge on the field where just everything is legal. Mm-hmm. That can't, you can't do that. Because like, it's the same situation that we saw in that Saints-Rams NFC title game back in whatever it was, 2018. Obviously. That's the, why the rules changed. A, a blatant missed call by the officials. Like, no one's going to sit here and say that that call was, the no call was correct. The Saints got screwed in that scenario. But. You can't just say that was one of the scenarios of you can't call that there. Yes, you can't. If it's a penalty, call it. Like, I don't care if it's the first minute of week one or the last minute of the Super Bowl. It, there, when the clock hits two minutes in the fourth quarter, it doesn't automatically flip a switch where a penalty just isn't a penalty. And James Bradbury held Juju Smith Schuster, plain and simple. It was a penalty. I'm just, I'm sick of hearing people going, like, oh, well, it was a penalty, but you just can't call that there. Like, what does that even mean? I'm just confused. Yeah. I, I'm interested in your guys' thoughts. On no, this. yeah, I mean, it, it definitely was a little ticky-tacky. I, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm not a ref. I don't. I, I thought it was it was a little. Uh, it I didn't seem say soft, so. but it, it could have been let go. But that's not like I said. That's not really the reason why the Eagles lost the game. Jalen hurts. Nobody around him. Just. Just fump, just loses the ball. That's that was a game. He did what Mahomes play. had done in the AFC title game. It was yeah, literally I a mean, carbon copy. Don't make that play. Um, don't have Patrick Mahomes on basically one leg scramble for thirty yards. I <laughs> that mean, was insane. If, if Eagles fans are going to complain and don't and say, kick the ball on yeah, fourth exactly. and four from the Chiefs twenty. No, they have multiple opportunities to win that game, and that's that. That's just not really. That's not the whole reason why they lost the game. So, um, as far as the call, like the NFL refs. I don't know. Um, I, I, they've been. I feel like it's gotten worse. And when Roger Goodell said, um, "Our refs are are as good as it, as it's ever been," uh, I don't I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Like, the NFL refs aren't that great. I mean, but that that's not. The, it was it was a little ticky tacky, is my point, but not really the reason why the Eagles lost. So. Yeah, and just to just a second, we'll get to you in mm-hmm. a second, Minnie. But I just think like when when Roger Goodell says that. The thing is, I don't know the exact number, and I don't know if there's a database for this. I'm not going to find it. If someone out there wants to fact check me, you can. Um, I'm not going to speak in absolutes here. But, like, a majority of the calls, like a very high majority of the time, NFL refs are correct. Um, People don't like to hear that because, like, well, there's just no way that's right. And it's like, no, most of the time, like, they're calling penalties penalties, and they're not calling not penalties not penalties. Uh, it's just the problem is these late game scenarios once again, where we're seeing calls directly impact the results of the game. Um, because again, look, yes, did the Eagles have opportunities to win the game despite the call? Absolutely, they did. But at the end of the day, is that holding call a direct reason why they lost the game? Yes, because if you don't make that call, the, Eagles, the Chiefs are settling for three. The Eagles have two timeouts and over two minutes to go. So it, it's a completely different ball game in that scenario. But Again, I don't have too much of an issue with it because it was, at the end of the day, the right call. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Super Bowl week, they're really just doing the best they can. Mm -hmm. There's no other way to put it. And as tacky as that foul was, as tacky as maybe the slight hold that Bradbury got. Which he admitted that he did, He did, too. Yes, after the game, (laughs) he was asked, and he did confirm it. But, like... 
the point still stands where it's slightly tacky, but they made the right call. At the end of the day, it was the it right call. It was the right call. It was the way a football game should be called on the field. The fact that it affected the game's outcome was incredibly unfortunate because we were set up for an elite ending. But oh, yeah. Imagine the Eagles getting the ball there. Chiefs kicked the field goal. Eagles get the ball like 2.05 to go. They got the two-minute warning and two timeouts. They need a three-to-tie touchdown to win. Like, that would have been incredible. Yeah. That's what you live for. But they made the right call. And at the end of the day, it changed the outcome of the game. But whose fault is that? It's not the ref's fault. James Bradbury is the one who committed the foul. And the Eagles and the put yourself in that position for the refs as to make an impact. As you want to call it, like, it, it, it would... He made the foul. Simply, put. it was a part of the we script. Yeah, as, yeah, as yeah, yeah, yeah. Foster, The NFL like, <laughs> told James Bradbury, "Hold him. You're on gonna that hold play. on that play." Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I'm just, I'm at the. It's just, it's just so frustrating to me because it's like, yes, teams do calls directly impact the result of the game. Yes, we've obviously seen that, but like, I'm more upset at the fact that teams put themselves in a position to allow the referees to make a call like that and have it change the game. Just don't hold Juju Smith-Schuster because, by the way, the ball was 10 feet over his head. He wasn't going to catch it even if you don't hold him. So why in the world are you holding him? Like, it, Mahomes had... Oh, he was throwing the ball away, but because you held him, you gave him the automatic first down. It Look, at the end of the day, you could argue it till, till land's end. Um, I'm still just with my point of it, it was the correct call. Um, just It's very similar to the play we saw um, in that AFC title game. With the hit on Mahomes on the sideline. Like, could you have probably let it slide? Sure. But was it the right call? It was. So, like, at the end of the day, that's all I can ask them to do is get the calls right. Even if throughout the game, like, and I hear people when they say, like, oh, well, throughout the game, though, you were, we had more blatant holds like that throughout the game, and the referees were not calling it a foul. So, why are you calling it a foul in the final minute of the game? And what I'll, and what I'll always say is, don't, ever let what the officials have done wrong throughout the game say that they shouldn't still do the right thing when it matters. Just because they missed a few calls during the game doesn't mean that they should just miss a call again. Like They're going to miss calls. They're going to make mistakes, but the fact is, like even at the end of the day, they got the final call right, and I don't really have an issue with that at the end of it, and it doesn't really seem like the Eagles do either. So let's take a look here before we get into some other stuff. The final pick'em standings of the year. Uh, pretty cut and dry. Nothing crazy. Manit, Jay, and I all agreed. We all took the Chiefs to win the game. They did. So Manit is the final playoff pick'em Ooh. champion for this year. Jay obviously won the regular season. Uh, I came in third right behind Jay with 46 points. Jay had 48. Manit, 54. Our special guests only had 20. They had a rough go of it in the postseason. Uh, respect to Tim Marshall for taking a shot at it. He Went with the Eagles. He tried to get the score right. Um, was not close. I think Manit was closest on the score, too. He had 34-30 Kansas City, um, which I believe was the closest that we had. That's crazy. Um, so, nonetheless, Manit is the pick'em champion, and he's going to try to run it back potentially next year. Obviously, I won't be here, but uh, we'll see who can take the crown next season when it comes to the postseason. So now that the regular season's over and the playoffs are over, we are officially in the offseason, ladies and gentlemen, and that still means there's still a lot of content to talk about. The NFL is always the story. They're always in the news, and this 
These past couple weeks has been no different. Uh, just a couple days after the Super Bowl, we saw the final two head coaches get hired. Um, the Colts went with Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen, and the Cardinals went with the Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, which makes sense now why they waited so long, because obviously their candidates played for a team in the Super Bowl. Um, those are the final the hires last of this. Selections available. Those were the last hires of this um <laughs> head coaching cycle and so now all the spots are filled there's been a lot of other important uh coordinator hires as well a lot of defensive coordinators offensive coordinators getting hired as well we're not going to go in as depth of those obviously if there's some that stands out that you guys want to talk about we absolutely can but we'll just put them together here in this but what are just your thoughts on the two hires here obviously the colts going with shane steichen and the cardinals going with John. yeah i mean two two off two coordinators that were part of a Super Bowl team um, under Sirianni. I mean, these these two guys have proven that, you know, they, they can take control of offense slash defense. Um, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, you know, I remember many you said you, you didn't like the Jonathan Gannon hire. I don't think he's going to like anything the Arizona Cardinals do ever. I'm just you know, you I wouldn't know, really either. You know, they, they have so much, like, in terms of building blocks offensively that it just made sense to go with an offensive guy. Personally, like that's what I thought at least. But I mean, on defense, all you got is Buda Baker. Am I wrong? You got a couple other guys. Uh, Isaiah um, Simmons. Still Isaiah a piece. Simmons has upside. Yeah, they got but, Byron like, Murphy. He hasn't shown much. Byron, Byron Murphy is actually pretty say. good. They got a good Marco secondary. Wilson's all right, but like they don't have I, a pass rush. No, but yeah. I mean, on offense, if you get the right guy, you can try and talk D Hop into staying, and then work with I think Kyler D Hop in anyway. Hollywood. I think D has problems with Kyler Murray. I don't think so. That that's coach. fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> fair. I mean, he, Kyler got his boy when D Hop got suspended. So by the way, it was DeAndre Hopkins there. is working out with Deshaun Watson next week. So I'm just saying, I don't know, but you know, we'll find figure it out. Jay, you can game. No, yeah, but I don't. I don't have a problem with both of these hires. Um, it all comes down for the Colts. Are you gonna get the quarterback? Mm-hmm. Like Frank Reich. I feel like I don't know. Um. I feel like he's kind of the scapegoat, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know if I've said this before, but yes. you know, I mean, they just they they yes. didn't have a quarterback like so you know right. Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers for one year, Carson Wentz. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know Shane I, Ellinger. I feel like Nick Foles. I feel like Frank Guys, Reich kind of got... said Shane Ellinger's the future. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, yeah, but I, if they go get a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud, um, it's up to Shane Steichen to develop him and. You know that they, they have still they still have some weapons around them. You got Michael Pittman. You still got a, a good offensive line. I don't have a problem with that. And then for Jonathan Gannon, I mean for the um, Cardinals, I just I don't know. The Cardinals are just a mess overall. I mean Kyler's not going to be back till uh, December. Season maybe they're saying yeah mid season. Um, you know D Hop might be out the door. Um, and overall they're just they're kind of a mess right now. So I think Gannon's kind of walking into a tough situation. Um, and yeah, I mean, overall, I don't, I don't mind either of these hires. So yeah. Do you guys see the videos from when he was like getting introduced to the players and all of that? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do, see that. So awkward, so forced. Which like, one? there were like three or four where he, like he. When well, he, no, which like, coach are you talking about though? Gannon. Oh okay. Yeah, it was, it was the interactions just didn't look. He's, right. He just like, doesn't seem like the was, best it, fit. It, it was not like Matt Patricia bad, but like. <laughs> Or even Nick Sirianni bad. Yeah, in a way. It was just, <laughs> it was a lot of awkward, way too much awkwardness. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the, I honestly thought the Cardinals missed an opportunity. And honestly, if I were them, 
I hear that everyone talking about offensive guy. I would have hired Lou Anarumo if I was the Cardinals. Really? I liked that a lot for them. He's uh, old. I know, but he's a guy with a lot of football experience, and I think he can control a room. That's and I fair. Think that's what, you. you need someone who can command respect at the end of the I day. I think the Cardinals needed somebody that was it. going to come back and be the head coach and be the alpha of that locker room because right now, like that's what I think at the end of the day got Cliff Kingsbury in the position he was. He let Kyler Murray completely take over that locker room and become the, that alpha player that – if any team has that, it's not a good look for your organization. Obviously, we're seeing how it's worked with guys like Russell Wilson. Obviously, the new stuff coming about him in Seattle, and then the fact that you know Sean Payton's kind of stepping in in Denver now, and Russell Wilson's no longer just you know doing his own thing. Uh, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay is a whole saga that we're starting to see. But when you let your quarterback do that, and you don't have that alpha head coach. I just think it's chaotic, and I don't think that by making this hire to get Jonathan Gannon in, I don't think you've necessarily changed any of that, and I think that's what's problematic for mm-hmm. Arizona. Yeah, and um, not to really change the subject, but um, some off some coordinator hires that I really liked. Yeah, Vic yeah, Fangio, Vic Fangio to Miami. To, uh, Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it didn't really work out in Denver um, as a head coach, but as a coordinator, uh, from a Bears fan perspective, this guy is, is one of the best at, at in the league. I mean... Um, he, he's he got cooked in the with Super the player. Bowl. I mean, they they still have a pretty good defense, but I mean, Vic Fangio is one of the best to to, to do it. Um, and I really like that hire. Um, on the offensive side, um, I mean, Jim Bob Cooter I thought was a decent one, and the, the funniest one I thought was Vance Joseph back to Denver. That's funny. Who, who is he? Will have the time of his life. <laughs> yeah, back in Denver. <laughs> Uh, and he basically now, like, obviously he's just working on the defense. And Vance Joseph has, he's become one of those guys that, like, he's had his time as a head coach. He can coach defense. Like, he, 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 he can. can yeah. And um, I, I really like that move for Denver. Um, one of my favorite hires, and I hate to say this, I loved the Ravens going and getting Todd Munkin from Georgia yes. um, to coach their yes. offense. Um, whether they have Lamar or not, I just think he's going to bring such a fresh, revamped, mind to that offense and especially even if they do have Lamar I think it's going to completely change the way that they pass the ball Um, he's a lot more vertical that's how he likes to play Um, he has some experience in the NFL as well he was the OC in Tampa Bay and Cleveland Um, and then obviously he was at Georgia for the last few seasons where they've won back-to-back national titles so I I love that hire for Baltimore. The Panthers getting Ajiro Evero to be their defensive coordinator. I liked that a lot too. I think Carolina is putting together a heck of a staff. Dude, that's an Frank Reich staff. is Frank Reich no, is absolutely killing it right now. Very on point. Um, what about Jim Schwartz? I, look, I mean the Browns made two hires. Um, they just made one yesterday. They got a uh, Bobby Ventrone to be. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I am so sorry if I butchered that, but. Um, He's going to be their new special teams coordinator. Obviously, one of the from one of the best units. They hired him from the Colts to come coach their special teams, and now he comes over to Cleveland, a team he used to play for, to try to revamp their special teams, which were a disaster last year. But he touched on Jim Schwartz. I love that hire for them. Honestly, he's going to be a guy that's going to come in. Um, right now, the Browns don't really have the personnel to run what Jim Schwartz likes to do, but I think that's that's what they're going to do this offseason. They're going to try to find those pieces. But um, I think it's a home run hire for them, at least. They got their number one guy. Um, but just looking around, I think there's so many like other moves you could talk about. Um, 
Michael Fleur in L.A. I, I, I don't Fleur. mind that. Brian but. Flores now taking over the Minnesota defense that we knew was a disaster last season. I love that hire for Minnesota. Bill O'Brien going back to New England. Um, even Nathaniel Hackett in New York, I actually kind of like that. I do. Because yeah. he's proven so he can, can get do it. Oh, well, what about the one of the big names? Eric Bieniemy to that Washington. Washington. Wild. Huge. Um, See, I don't really understand that for, I mean, maybe Bieniemy got a pay raise, but like, I mean, it was significant. You don't, you don't, you don't really have a quarterback, and I mean that that franchise is kind of a mess in of itself. I don't, I didn't really understand that, but I mean, look, I mean, I think he can do some good things there, but like overall, I just, I mean, that offense doesn't really have that much besides Terry McLaurin. I mean, am I wrong or no? Nah, Jahan Dotson's a player. Yeah, though. I mean that guy McLaurin and Dotson. I mean they're really good. I just don't know. Like, and Brian Robinson's growing. Um, just the quarterback situation. I obviously. Mean, um, yeah. Washington is when, going to be – they're going to make a switch at quarterback this offseason. When he the interviewed, or, they told him they were rolling with Howell. See, I don't – I, I, mean, I really I'm doubt that. I'm not buying it. I can't buy that. The Cardinals but, also said that their quarterback was Josh Rosen, so let's see. You know. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, the enemy hire I thought was really interesting because – it makes me think that maybe Ron Rivera is more ready to retire than he lets on. Mm-hmm. Um, they made Bienemy the assistant head coach there, which he was not in Kansas City. Oh, it was the only way to, to allow him to make such a lateral move. Yeah, and, well, just salary-wise, too. Mm-hmm. He's making a lot more than he was in Kansas City. Um, but I think it'll be a test. Because the whole knock on B enemy the entire time has been, oh, man, he's been Andy Reid. Andy Reid still calls the plays. Yeah, he's been Andy Reid's sidekick for however long. Oh, by the way, it looks like in Kansas City, none mm. other than Matt Nagy is going to come up, back. Yep. Matt, Nag- Matt Nagy's probably going to be the next OC there. Where he was, I mean, he had a lot of success in Kansas City. Um, well, what did he do last but, year? I mean, but he was, we know, he was their quarterback's coach last year, I think yes. he was. Yeah, he, he got Mahomes some coffee and Andy yeah, some man. coffee. That's, that's what yeah, he really Yeah, did. that's all he's doing, really. He's the <laughs> and coffee that's on, runner. And that's on the Super Bowl he's parade. He's a little he's, intern. Uh, he had a Go few too many drinks. Coffee. So did everybody. Um, that there, there are some videos of Patrick Mahomes that I'm sure he's going to be living down for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless. No, I'd like to be enemy higher. I think it's interesting. No, I, I do yeah. I do like it a lot. And if he elevates Washington to a level, whether it's the Washington job or some other job, um, it kind of sucks that someone like Eric Bieniemy does need to potentially go somewhere else to kind of reprove himself. Obviously, that's just kind of where we are right now, especially when it comes to minority hires in this league. Um, and that's unfortunate because there's a lot out there that believe Bieniemy should already be a head coach in this league. But I love the opportunity for him to go. He's going to have full command of that offense. He's going to be calling the plays. He's going to be the right-hand man to Ron Rivera, who I still think is a pretty good head coach. Yes, He makes some weird decisions at times, like starting Carson Wentz in a must-win game. But overall, I think he's a very solid head coach, and I think he's someone that Eric Bannemi is going to learn a lot from and potentially get to that point where he can be that next guy. Um, uh, whether it's in Washington or somewhere else. And I probably should uh, go back to what I said it was saying about the Browns. I think I accidentally said it was Bobby Ventrone. It's Bubba Ventrone. Uh, that is his nickname. It's Bubba. So my apologies for getting that wrong the first time. Um, but that's going to do it for this coaching hires part of the show. The last thing I want to do before we sign off the air today, guys, is there are some quarterback storylines we have to talk about because they are wild and they involve – some of the best quarterbacks in the league. I'm going to start with the one out of Baltimore. I kind of teased from that we were going to talk about this one. It was from yesterday and this morning. 
Um, as this saga with the Ravens and Lamar Jackson continues to just go off the rails. Yesterday, Evolve. Lamar Jackson sent a counter offer to Baltimore, basically demanding that he get all of the guarantees that Deshaun Watson got plus some. Deservingly um, so. That's so that point. it seems like he's asking for probably somewhere. Again, I'm not going to speculate because I don't. I, we don't know the number. Three hundo um, guaranteed. It sounds like he's going for like two two hundred fifty million fully guaranteed because Deshaun's at two thirty. Um, That's which, ridiculous. That was such a bad deal. Um, I, it, was it, it? It reset the entire QB market for a guy. Who yeah, but with played the, in a year, but and with never the, provided value to the team once he was on it. But with the salary cap going up in years, Deshaun Watson's going to be a bargain here in a few years, like an absolute bargain. I don't think it. I the Browns are not regretting that decision. The only at issue all. is the bargain is fully guaranteed. I don't think they care, <laughs> and that's just straight up. Um, and if if by design by the Browns not caring about the contract that they handed out to Deshaun Watson, if in the process they ended the Lamar Jackson era in Baltimore, they're going to say that's a massive win because they just made a division rival significantly worse for the sake of just signing a quarterback to a contract. And look, you can talk about how controversial the contract was, whatever. I'm sitting here, I'm telling you right now, the Browns don't care. Like They would do that 10 out of 10 times because with the way the salary cap is moving and where I believe the quarterback market is heading, fully guaranteed contracts for quarterbacks were going to happen. The Browns just did it first. They were just the trailblazers in that regard. But they were going to happen at some point. And in a few years, I think Deshaun Watson's going to be a heck of a bargain at the number that they're paying him. And it's starting with Lamar Jackson right now. Um, but I guess just what do you guys do that thought? Yeah, do I mean, you think it's want, heading towards a split or no? I don't I mean, he wants so much money for a guy that really can't stay healthy. I mean, yeah, yeah. he had that MVP season. He led to the he led the Ravens to the number one seed and um a couple other division titles, but still like I mean, he just he can't stay healthy. I mean, if you're going to pay a guy fifty million a year, probably even more, for, I mean, half a season. I feel like like he, Lamar Jackson is still a hell of a talent, but I think he he needs to be able to stay healthy if we're going to like start talking like fifty million plus a year. I feel like that's a little too a lot he's asking for. Um, what do you think? I, I mean. I, I I guess I kind of put out what I felt earlier, but like, really, if someone's that talented, you got to give him the money at the end of the day. And as much qualms as I have about Watson, he is a very talented player. And as much as you want to argue, he was deserving of a good amount of that money, if not all of it. Um, but like, really, when you think about it, it's... It's... It's interesting because the fully guaranteed has never been done before. And the highest I think we saw it get was 70% of the contract, maybe 80. I think it was with Mahomes. Oh, no. Yeah. It, Mah- Mahomes, Mahomes is or like Allen. Two fi- 300 well, guaranteed. Allen, or Mahomes is like $45 million. It's like Mahomes is, no, Mahomes is over 50 plus now, I think, a year. Um, but it's not fully guaranteed. Um I think Josh Allen might actually have been the closest before Watson was to having like a fully guaranteed contract because Josh Allen got a massive fully guaranteed like a massive guaranteed contract. Yeah, Mahomes out of his deal, it was probably a quarter of it because he got one forty one guaranteed, four fifty total. Um, so that's really not a lot. Like with that deal, it changed 
the league, honestly. That's there's no other way to put it. Um look, all I'm saying is like my argument I is- think that more going forward, Lamar Jackson's deal is gonna set the baseline oh, yeah. for value. Here's the thing it and what quarterbacks really are. If the Ravens aren't gonna give Lamar the money, somebody will. Um and that's just what I'm like that's just what I'm trying to get at because my overwhelming like my overarching argument here is not like it has nothing to do with the Deshaun contract at all and whether or not you feel like he deserved that money or should have gotten that money. That he got the money at the end of the day. Like it doesn't matter anymore at this point. The fully guaranteed contracts were all they were we were heading in that direction of somebody getting an NBA level contract. Can you disagree with the fact that Deshaun Watson was the first person to get it? Sure. I have no issues if you have an issue with that, but don't sit here and tell me that it was never gonna happen. Like we were heading towards that mark. Whether or not you wanted to do it or not. Yes, Deshaun Watson's the first player to get that type of a contract, but like they were just the first to do it. And by doing it, the Browns have changed the league, but also I think that they were very smart in what they did. They know that the cap number is only going to go up. And once quarterbacks start getting these numbers, you're talking about Joe Burrow's going to need to get a payday, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, all these guys still need paydays. And you're probably going to see more fully guaranteed contracts. And all of a sudden, Deshaun Watson's going to be very cheap for what they're paying him, especially with how the Browns like to work the cap. And basically, I mean, this year, Deshaun Watson's going to basically be playing for the league minimum with the way they restructure the contract. They're going to give him all of his money up front. The, the salary cap's an absolute myth. So it, at the end of the day, it's not as big of a deal. But um, with Lamar, Jay, I'm kind of with you. I just think the Ravens have come to the bargaining table with Lamar and laid out all the reasons why they don't believe he's worth that money. Mm-hmm. And they're all valid. The fact that he is still developing as a passer. The fact that he's missed twelve their last twelve like six games in each of the past two years. Like a combination of twelve games. Um, he chose to sit out this season even when there's a storyline that said he was healthy and he could have played. Um, which without a contract, I don't blame him. But they're laying out all these reasons why Lamar Jackson's not worth a contract like that. And because Lamar does not have an agent, he's just bringing it back to himself and negotiating and he's just thinking that he's in the right here. Not having any sort of guidance throughout this situation is, I think, what might hurt Lamar. Um, I have no idea which direction this is going to go. I still think it's like 50-50 that he stayed. Probably closer to 60-70%, I'd say, that he's still going to be in Baltimore next season. That they're going to figure something out. But, I mean, they could tag him. But is Lamar Jackson going to sign the franchise tag? Like you had, he's, he had no. to sign and play it. I I don't know. Like it's it's a difficult situation, um, but you know the Ravens are going to have to figure something else out. I saw a trade today that someone threw it out, and I didn't hate the idea, but it was what if you flipped him to San Francisco for Trey Lance and a bunch of stuff? It's a big gamble. Reset at the quarterback position, and I mean San Francisco got a lot of other pieces that they'd probably be willing to give that part ways with, um, plus picks. Um, that they'd be willing to give up for Lamar. Uh, you get Trey Lance, you kind of reset. Uh, Trey Lance has a similar type of play style to Lamar. I don't know. Um, but we'll see how that whole thing kind of plays out. Obviously, the new league year starting in just a couple weeks. But another quarterback that I want to talk about is one I think we talked about a couple weeks ago before the Super Bowl episode. But Derek Carr got officially released by the Raiders. So he is, he is an unrestricted free agent. He can go wherever he so chooses. He visited the Jets this past week. It was his first like official visit as a free agent uh, where the Jets told him he was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer if he won in New York, which is absolutely <laughs> insane. Um, 
Derek, they're lying to you, man. But winning in New York and winning with the Jets would be a big deal, especially for that fan base. The Jets are one of the more, you know, historic franchises. Obviously have that Super Bowl win back in Super Bowl three. But um Yeah, I mean what do you guys think are the Jets a good fit for Derek Carr? I mean they have a ton of talent. I mean, great defense, Sauce Gardner, Quinn Williams and all those guys. Offensive side. You got Garrett Wilson. Um you know, I mean, you got you got Priest uh, Hall when he comes back. I mean, they got a lot of talent. Um, I think Derek Carr would be a good fit just because I think they're just a quarterback away from being, I wouldn't say a contender, but... Playoff team. Playoff team. Like, yeah. if Zach Wilson was competent last year, I think the Jets would have been in the playoffs. Um, sure. And now, uh, you know, they're going to move on from him, and I think Derek Carr would be a really good fit. I mean, I... I I would like to see him in a Jets uniform just because of all that talent and yeah I mean it, it would be good so yeah I wouldn't hate it not my first option for the Jets I've been kind of on the <coughs> Rodgers to Jets train for a while but um yeah I I think Carr's better off going to a team like New Orleans like a Tampa Bay like my Carolina. favorite spot for him is Carolina I really like him in Carolina um Indy even like. If Indy, if Indy did that, if Indy did that, they would it's become a, a meme. Indy they has, already are a meme. But Indy like, has to go young with this time. They have to go with a young guy. Mm-hmm. I just think yeah. Jim Mercer told the league they're drafting Bryce Young. This other so. way that yeah, I know that was crazy, <laughs> but like this way that it's going with Indy, you have tried this route too many times. Yeah, I mean the definition is, of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Time to go young. And, and if you think about it, the last two quarterbacks they've drafted were Hall of Fame. Talent, Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they're it's pretty been good at it. for you. Yeah. Why aren't you gonna keep doing it? I don't know. I still but, like. I don't think I. I would. I'll, I'll say this right now, and this is getting way off the rails here. I don't think Bryce Young's the best fit for them. Really? No. No. I think they're better with Stroud. a guy like Stroud yeah. or even a Will Levis. I think is a much better fit. Anthony Richardson too. I love an Indy. Um, I don't think Bryce. I don't think Bryce Young's the best fit for um, them. But with Carr, like, really. You're honestly, Jets fans might not like this, but they're Jets fans. You're giving him worse weapons than you did in Vegas. Well, I mean, oh. I mean Adams is really good. Garrett but Wilson, Adams, Wilson's star. An Adams, emerging Renfro, star. Waller, Jacobs. Okay, Jacobs Renfro, is the number one Waller, rushing back in the league. Never stayed healthy. That's true. You're gonna have Brees Hall coming back this year, who was gonna win Rookie of the Year. Oh, but uh, n- no, a- no ACL means a lot. Yeah, but like Garrett Wilson, Elijah also, Moore, Corey Davis. Can we talk about how Kenneth squad. Walker was robbed? I disagree. Garrett Wilson deserved it. I oh man, he played every single game, and Walker had more total yards in yeah, twelve. But I I think the whole you just have to take the whole season as a whole. The fact that he didn't that's play fair. all the games of the year, I think that's what hurt Walker at the end of the yeah, day. Which sucks. But he would have had like four by that argument. Yards. I could, by that argument, I could you I would make the case for Brock Purdy. Yeah. I would have, but nonetheless, <laughs> we got are a first place vote. We're yeah. off the rails what here. What are we thinking? But Derek Carr, yes, obviously, all of he he's holding all the cards. He is going to be able to make up his mind to wherever he wants to go. He's fully unrestricted. Um, like I said, I love Carolina for him. I think that would be a really good. Fa- I think Carolina needs to go the opposite direction. We've seen Carolina go young a lot recently, and they haven't been good at that. Um, I think bringing in a guy like Derek Carr, putting him with weapons like DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, um, like blanking on who the other guy is on their team. 
Um, but nonetheless, like I, th- they got a lot of good weapons. I think it's a really nice young defense they have there in Carolina. Um, that you're, thinking, divi- you're thinking of Robbie Anderson, right? No, well, he's not there anymore. Oh, he's not? No, they traded in Arizona. Oh, like okay. midseason. I think I maybe was, and then I, I caught him. myself that he wasn't there anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like DJ Moore is a really good receiver in this league. Um, but that division in the NFC South is so wide open. Mm-hmm. If Derek Carr walks into the NFC South, he's already the best quarterback in that division next season. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Like the the Buccaneers don't have Tom Brady right now. All they have is Kyle Trask. They're going to need a new quarterback. So he could go to any one of those three teams in the NFC South: the Buccaneers, the Saints, or the Panthers. He's going to be the best quarterback in the division next year, and should have no issues winning that division. I don't yeah. think. Um, New Orleans is another good fit for him, I think, but um, New Orleans is a weird team. They are they are in cap hell, as they like to say. They, they're they basically stuck paying players, and they, they cannot get out of it. So we will see how that goes. But the last one I want to talk about, and fittingly so before we get off the air here, Aaron Rodgers is, is a weird guy. Um, he just got done with his darkness retreat out in Oregon. Um, where he was in a, as Adam Schefter described it, a Hobbit-style cave thing, where it was a single room. I've seen videos. With, it looks it was not a, that bad. He had like a queen bed, a bathroom, and a in a meditation mat. That's your thing, I guess. And that was basically it. Um, he ate one meal a day, uh, and he just lived in the dark for I believe four days. Just did nothing, uh, and he was given one meal a day, and then he just spent the rest in meditation or sleeping or doing something else. And then he was just let out a couple days ago. Um, but he said he was going in to like get a decision about his future. And he was going to come out and be like, yeah, I'm ready. And then he basically come out I'm and said, and then he basically this. came out and he said, no, nah, it was like no change. Like, yeah, of course, because that's what, he, he, that's what not he is anywhere. It, I'm like, I just, it's absolutely <laughs> nuts. Like I've heard about these darkness retreats before. I've seen people who do it. Like I've heard it is a thing that works. I just the fact that he did it and just like hearing the description of it, it's like there's no other player in the league that I think Look, would even. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he is a different cat. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> that that'd be just so weird to just sit in the dark for four days. Yeah. You're given one meal a day, and what do you do? Like you're just sitting there, like you're doing nothing. <laughs> like he's just meditating on his meditation mat, his yoga mat, or whatever the heck was in there, or sleeping, or. I haven't, I haven't seen any pictures of this. I like, have not either. I don't know where Manit's saying he got these pictures from. But. What? Oh, no, not of Rogers. There's photos no, I know. of well, no, I'm saying of the place. Well, yeah, it's a place. It's, Rogers, it's like a business that does Darkness, these. retreat. No, but that would be, like, so weird to just do that for four days. But that's that's kind of who he is. And, of course, he comes out of it saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready yet. Look at this. Oh, that wow. Is, wow. That's, that's his room, man. Yeah, it's nice and dark. He's got a sink and a toilet and a bed and a I mean, meditation. In a bath, four days without daylight. Like, four days without daylight. I would go insane. Like, I've heard weird things about like just sitting in the dark and like you start hallucinating. You start, and it's also completely oh, silent we, in there. Rogers was definitely definitely had some stuff with him. Um, well, yeah, acquired. Okay. Yeah, but no. But what I'm saying is like there was no noise in there. Like it's yeah. silent too. It's not just dark. It's silent. Um, so you start hearing things that aren't there. You start seeing things that aren't there. Like, here's the thing though. After four days though, your eyes like do begin to adjust to darkness and you can actually start seeing stuff like making out things like where stuff is, um, after four days. But like, you don't have any sense of the time. Like he was in there for four days and I guarantee it probably only felt like two because like he just has no idea what the time is. You don't know what the time of day is. You're just kind of guessing. 
you just wake up, do your thing, and then you just go to like I I've also heard of people that go do it, and then they're like they end up going to bed at like two in the afternoon because they think it's like two in the morning. They have no idea what time it is. Um, but nonetheless, Aaron Rodgers, um, like I said, kind of a bit of a weird guy, but uh, hopefully he will find a uh, way forward, and we'll see what his decision is. It should be interesting. He's staying in Green Bay. I don't. know. I mean, he does this every. At the end it's, of the day, it's like, you feel uh, like Jim it. Harbaugh. He's got them so like on his finger though, dude. Like the the Packers are just wrapped around Aaron Rodgers' finger. And like whatever he does, they're like, Yeah, like cool, good with us. But like I just don't know how many spots like it really feels like New York or Vegas. That's about it. And I think Vegas would be a train wreck, which is why I kinda wanna see it. Like him and Josh McDaniels would yeah, not work. That would at not work all. at all. I mean hit It'd be with Adams again, but still, that, that would be a train, yeah, the Packers a train wreck. Would own the Raiders franchise for like the next six years. Yeah, with the picks that they're going to get from that, regardless whether it's them or the Jets, like the Packers, he's it's going to be the biggest haul I think we're going to see for a trade if he is really. Traded. You think? Well, maybe maybe Lamar will. I mean, if you if they if the Ravens trade Lamar, that's going to be the biggest haul I think we've ever seen. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think they'll give up that big of a haul just because Rogers is. I mean, he's towards the end of his career. I mean, he's still like I still think good. he's worth three first, two first tops. I think three. I think you're gonna get three in players. Wow. No, stop. He's like five years older than Russ. I mean, so what you're telling me that they should give up less than what the Browns give up for Deshaun? I don't know what the package was. It was three firsts and then three later picks in like subsequent yes. years. Yep. The I Browns, think two, the Browns I think give up any players. I mean, two or three for a guy. I mean, he's 39. What is he? 39 years old. Is that I correct? So. I mean, he's 39. still still one of the best. Um, he, I think he he took a step back last year, but still, I mean, he's still he's still one of the best. I'm not going to count the guy out. I mean, he's tormented my franchise forever. So <laughs> and just just get out of the NFC North. <laughs> Vibes, man. I, I'm just, I'm just speaking into existence. The fact that he's not in our division anymore. So, that would be hot. So, so I, I, I can't take like, it as that. I will say that was me with Big Ben. For I'm, I'm excited for like Jordan Love. The Jordan Love era is going to be fun, even though I think he's going to be Jordan, good. Yeah, I don't know. See, here's the thing. I think if the Packers tried to like, I think if they did flip him to say like the Jets, I think the Packers are an organization that would try to take a shot with Zach Wilson. No, I think they would try to like bring him in and say like yeah, put maybe, him maybe with a, Matt Lafleur, fight it out with Jordan Love. We'll figure out who's. And maybe a new a new new scenery for him. I mean, okay, if the Jets maybe if the Jets but, bring but, in say but, a Derek Carr or even Aaron Rodgers, they're trading Zach Wilson. Wilson, just some, might have somebody will take with a shot the with him. Brothers altogether. Well, that's fair. He they did have a Lafleur brother. Mike and, um, maybe Matt's more his cup of tea. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Nonetheless. <laughs> Just before we completely go off the rails here, we're going to shut this thing down here on this week on the pylon. Thank you all for tuning in. It's been a long two weeks up here, but it's good to be back making regular content. We'll be back next week. Uh, I haven't quite decided what we're going to do next week. I think it's going to be a more of a diver look, a deeper dive into free agency. Maybe we'll start team recaps. I haven't 100% decided, but we'll be back on the airwaves next week, the last episode before we all head on spring break. Um, but I... Hope you all take care. Have a great rest of your day. If you want to listen to any of our last episodes, the Super Bowl episode, whatever you want to listen to, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, just search for The Pylon on Impact 89FM. For my two co-hosts, Jada Coster, Mini Patel, I'm Michael Markach. We'll see you guys next week right here on The Pylon.